Hello, all you lovely souls who revel in embracing life just as I do. This is Nirja Malik and you are welcome into my world of I Embrace. And what do we intend to do here? We delve into the many layers and shades of my life, exploring resilience, positivity, strength, and the inherent fun and laughter that lies deep within each of us. Interludes from my own exciting and adventurous journey, my personal battles and victories that have brought forth innumerable lessons in my life. It is these learnings that I place on a golden platter with utmost humility for your personal consumption. Hello, my listeners. Do you know that I actually feel your presence? I actually feel as if I'm communicating personally to each and every one of you who are taking the time to listen into what I have to say. And for that, I am immensely grateful. So we were speaking about my tryst, my connection, and my fondness for all forms of Devi, whether loving, knowledgeable like Saraswati, Durga, Vaishnu Devi, Amba, and even the ferocious Kalima. I've been to Dakshineshwar, I've been to her temple, and I've been very lucky to have entered that space and actually touched her and the vibrations that went through my entire being. I'm going back in time. I remember coming to Chennai in 1986 and connecting with my spiritual family over here. I had a lovely friend called Sharanya. Her mother was a devotee of Satya Sai Baba and he came to her in her dreams once and said, go to this part of the village near Nellore. Dig there. You will find a statue of Devi and build a temple around. That became Sharanya's mother's goal. And she did. She found a beautiful life-size statue of Devi sitting actually in the Shiva pose, one foot on one knee in stone. So she installed the statue 
and set up a temple around it. हाँ बुलावा आया था. We were called. So, my spiritual aunt and her older sister Sharanya and I got into an ambassador car, a taxi, and went from Chennai to Nellore and beyond. We reached in the evening. Of course, alu parathas were consumed on the way, which I had packed. Pehle pet puja, and then all other pujas, because you can concentrate on divinity and spirituality with a completely focused, single-pointed attention. So, taking care of that. We had parathas and dahi and various other things en route, and having satisfied our hunger pangs and satiated our appetites, we reached the temple. Now these two sisters sang very well, and the harmonium used to always travel with us. We went into the space between, just before the sancto sanctorum, and between the steps leading into the temple. On either side were the dwar palikas, who protected the temple. So we clambered up the steps, walked in, sat down, shut our eyes. Along with the harmonium, and we were uplifted to another space, as beautiful bhajans of Devi flowed from the mouths of these lovely ladies. Our eyes were shut, as you can well imagine, and the atmosphere was beautiful, as in most temples, because and not only temples, in any. Space of worship, because of the millions of people who come there and pray, pray. The power of prayer fills and reverberates through that ambiance, and that just uplifted us. My eyes were shut. We were swaying to the sounds. Of the melodious voices and the harmonium playing in the background, and suddenly, I felt a weight on my lap. I opened my eyes, and uh, Rani Ma was on my lap. She was very thin, very light, just skeletal actually, and the sight that I saw shook me. We were all. Petrified and frozen in space, because right in front of us was a huge snake, and fighting that huge snake seemed to be a huger lizard, a chameleon. We couldn't make out what it was, but this war raged in front of us till the life. Had been taken out of the snake, and in the flashing of an eye, the chameleon disappeared, 
and the snake lay dead and bleeding on the floor. By which time the villagers had been informed that something chaotic, something powerful, something unheard of was happening in this temple. And soon, we were surrounded by the villagers who came laden with lattes, sticks, wooden sticks, beating the snake, removing the snake from there, and God knows what they did. We were shocked, as you can quite imagine. And I'm sure that these elderly ladies, their hearts must be fluttering, their peepees must be quite high, and we all looked quite shocked and shattered. When they could speak, they said, let's go. But you know me, I said, no. We came with the purpose of being with Devi. And we have to be with her. Now, strangely, what happened? <laughs> the electricity went off. So you can imagine what an adventure, what an adventurous milap with the divine goddess we had. And they said, listen, the electricity is also gone, so let's go back. I said, no, not at all. I'm sure there are candles here. I need to go into the sanctum. sanctum. I need to touch the Devi's feet. I need to feel her power and vibrations. That is what drew me. That is what called me. And I need to do it. So there, Nirja Malik, the headstrong, obstinate, stubborn, <laughs> came forth in all her glory. So candles were found and we went in and my God, what a sight to see. And then we shut our eyes and we prayed. We prayed. I don't know what I prayed. I didn't ask for anything. It was just a kind of a deep communion within myself, through her, or she was within me, I cannot even begin to tell you what I felt. When suddenly, I felt someone hitting me on my leg, my right leg. And I opened my eyes and I found that my kurta was on fire. My most favorite black kurta was on fire. And someone was trying to hit it so that the flames would die. By the time they succeeded, I had half a kurta from the right side. <laughs> the flames had come right up to my hip. So from the knees right up to the hip, that entire area got burnt. You'd say, how? Because the candles that we had put was somewhere near us on a stone, on a rock, and the breeze would have fluttered and the corner of my kurta got flame. It was a phenomenal thing. What I forgot to tell you was that before embarking on this journey, my friend Kavita happened to come and visit me just before I was embarking on this journey. And I told her, I took her to my room, I opened my cupboard and I showed her certain golden bangles. And I said, uh, listen, 
I need you to know that these belong to my mother. If anything happens to me, please ensure that she gets it. Now my friend said, "What do you mean?" I said, "Well, you know my penchant, my connection with Devi, and I have been called, and four of us are going, but I have a feeling that I may not come back. I've been told that I'm going, but I don't know if I'm coming back." And she was quite upset. She said, "If you feel you're not coming back, why the hell are you going?" And I said, "Nay, bulawa ya, bulawa ya, bulawa." In any case, as usual, she too, like everyone else, figured out that it's pretty useless talking me out of doing something, because whenever I decide to do something, I just go. right ahead and do it regardless so when in the temple they had put out the flames and my most favorite black kurta had now turned into a part black shirt from behind everyone was obviously very shattered but i wasn't because i thought that whatever was to be burnt up whatever was negative whatever was fearsome or terrible in my life that was going to happen it's over and done with and devi has taken care of it now you'll ask me where do these thoughts come from i don't have a clue i don't really waste time analyzing things i just live for the moment i live in what is happening i revel in it and i feel very safe and very protected so as far as i was concerned there was something bad that was going to happen in my life and devi by <laughs> lighting up one part of my uh, outfit has taken it all away i think the way i thought eased the mind of the two elderly women and my friend and we went back to her mother's place fairly ravenous it was a very uh, the entire episode actually drained us completely but as far as i was concerned there was a high then there was a blast the fight between the snake and our savior and then there was the fire we didn't like the fire and it went the people behind me saw what was happening and patted uh, the flames i was safe we were all safe we all prayed a prayer of gratitude and thanked devi in fact the entire village joined us because they had seen us go through all this they'd heard the bhajans they had seen each and everything that had happened to us and we went away fortified and strengthened from the scene of what some people would say was a tragedy but we took it as an enlivening 
enthusiastically wonderful spiritual experience. Yes, we went back, we ate, drank, were merry, slept in the courtyard on the old charpoys made out of koya string, looked at the stars and the moon, always my elemental friends, and we slept and we came back happily. Of course, my friend and I had many a tiff after that because I insisted on getting my kurta altered and ruffled. And she said, are you mad? We will throw it into the sea. And then she glared at this laughing Buddha statue I had in my house. And she said, not only will we throw your kurta into the sea, we will throw this laughing Buddha <laughs> into the sea. Because somewhere I have read the laughing Buddha is supposed to bring bad luck. We never had Google that I can just tuck, 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 find out if laughing Buddha wooden statues bring bad luck. But she convinced me, not because of the bad luck. I think it was emotional blackmail now come to think of it. She looked so sad, perhaps at the thought that something could have happened to me. So, giving in to her emotional blackmail, call it what you will, both the wooden laughing Buddha and the half shirt, half kurta was taken to the sea, Marina Beach. And as if we were putting in the ashes after someone's death, we parted company with the earth element into the water element <laughs> with the sea and the space around us and the setting sun. Gosh, that happened uh, before between 1988, 86 and 89. And it is so vivid, I can shut my eyes and smell the inside, feel the inside of the temple, the journey, the feelings, even the waves as I bid adieu to my laughing Buddha and a dearly loved outfit. Now in hindsight, the first time I went to Vaishnu Devi was before marriage. The second time, innumerable times that I went, were again when my aunt fell sick and my friend and I went to pray for them. And then I went once again. So many times in the early 70s and 80s. And then definitely... 83, when I went to pray for my aunt and my friend. And I may have gone in between, but the millennium one is so fresh in my mind. 98, I was diagnosed with cancer. 98, Friday, the 13th of February. And uh, 
my cousin was to get married in 99 december and my cousin in delhi geeta was going to have a millennium party for us after that so the marriage took place and family came from all over the world it was fantastic and then suddenly <laughs> the thought i have to go to vaishnu devi i'm so close and they said you can't so my uncle the general uncle in in delhi said no way the shrine is shut and then i have a general uncle in jammu who i approached and he said not at all you can't the shrine is shut there rose the head of stubbornness and i insisted and both these uncles had a fight with each other they telling her uh, telling each other they scolding each other they shouting at each other and they telling each other why don't you tell her to stop tell her not to come and each told the other why don't you tell her so in any case it so transpired that the family was up in arms but i insisted and my uncle said i will come with you and my friend manju said i will come with you and they took a promise from me that i will ride on a horse and not walk those 14 kilometers and i was ready to say anything <laughs> as long as they agreed so we flew to jammu and my uncle and aunt were there not only with hot tea and sandwiches and a soldier to help us up the way but with best wishes and hugs and kisses now the shrine that was shut on the 28th of december suddenly opened up on the 29th so when we reached the airport the shrine was open and we went we had a wonderful trip up of course i think my uncle and my <laughs> friend used the horse because in my mind i wanted to walk it was to be my effort and while we were walking up if you can or have seen mythological movies of the mahabharat and the ramayan and how voices come hurtling down from space through veils and through dales and valleys the sound of a voice a powerful Devi voice spoke to me and said do you think that i disregarded what you said do you think your words were to save your aunt and your friend and you felt that i disregarded your request for the first time you have never asked for anything do you think i disregarded it i didn't I just saved it for you and I was shocked. I was completely silent. Do these things happen? Was it my imagination? But it was so real. Even now as I talk I can feel my goosebumps. It was so real. It's as if it's happening right now. and i'm hearing the sound of her 
telling me that my trip my request did not go waste it was just placed somewhere else i am so grateful i don't know how i felt but i came away feeling very loved by the almighty and i came back to delhi renewed with the knowledge that the shrine had opened only on the 29th of december 1999 as if for me because on the 30th it was shut again is this a miracle yes i think that my life is full of miracles i think that every miracle that happens in my life just fills me with so much joy and happiness and i absorb it i just take it in and i revel in it so i came back to delhi with renewed vigor and my cousin had this millennium party and i love music there was a sardar dj and he had the most rocking punjabi music and i freaked so i'm dancing away my cousin had removed all the furniture the food was awesome the family was all collected there the music was out of this world and i freaked my kids by then were nine and a half and they were feeling so embarrassed watching their mother freaking out so one kid on my left leg the other on my right clinging on for dear life and saying mama stop it mama stop it and mama of course fueled i'm sure with a bit of wine or bacardi or a mixture of everything freaked out even more regardless was dancing away they ran to their nani my mother and they said nani tell mom mama to stop it i must have been about 40 something 46 well yes i was 46 45 and a half and my mom in those 45 and a half years had figured out that if i've decided to do something i'll do it and there's no way anyone can stop the exhilaration and the joy i figured out that these are the moments that add to life they do not subtract from it the happiness the joy the dancing with abandon the loving the living the laughter the love it's so beautiful and with that my darlings <laughs> yet another episode of our tetetet is over and i look forward to the next one because that keeps me going god is great take care look after yourselves be joyous and happy i love you all thank you i am brace isn't just about my journey of 
conquering cancer. It's about embracing life in all its entanglement and beauty. Remember, in this journey of life, you are never alone. And I need to thank you for becoming a part of this inspiring journey. Thank you for joining me today on I Embrace and my heartfelt wishes. Stay resilient, stay positive, and most importantly, keep embracing life in all its glory.